Act Two of The Impostures of Scapin by Moliere, translated by Charles Heron Wall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, Gironde, Argante. Yes, there is no doubt but that with this weather we shall have our people with us today and a sailor who has arrived from tarentum told me just now that he had seen our man about to start with the ship but my daughter's arrival will find things strangely altered from what we thought they would be and what you have just told me of your son has forced an end to all the plans we had made together don't be anxious about that i give you my word that i shall remove that obstacle and i am going to see about it this moment in all good faith mr argant shall i tell you what the education of children is a thing that one could never be too careful about you are right but why do you say that because most of the follies of young men come from the way they have been brought up by their fathers it is so sometimes certainly but what do you mean by saying that to me why do i say that to you yes because if like a courageous father you had corrected your son when he was young he would not have played you such a trick i see so that you have corrected your own much better certainly and i should be very sorry if he had done anything at all like what yours has done and if that son so well brought up had done worse even than mine what would you say what 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 do you mean i mean monsieur Geraint, that we should never be so ready to blame the conduct of others and that those who live in glass houses should not throw stones i really do not understand you i will explain myself have you heard anything about my son perhaps i have but what your servant scapin in his vexation only told me the thing roughly and you can learn all the particulars from him or from someone else for my part i will at once go to my solicitor and see what steps i can take in the matter good-bye scene two Gérante alone what can it be worse than what his son has done i'm sure i don't know what anyone can do more wrong than that and to marry without the consent of one's father is the worst thing that i can possibly imagine scene three Gironde, leandre ah here you are leandre going quickly towards his father to embrace him ah father how glad i am to see you Gironde refusing to embrace him stay i have to speak to you first allow me to embrace you and Gironde refusing him again gently i tell you how father you deprived me of the pleasure of showing you my joy at your return 
Certainly. We have something to settle first of all. But what? Just stand there before me and let me look at you. What for? Look me straight in the face. Well? Will you tell me what has taken place here in my absence? What has taken place? Yes. What did you do while I was away? What would you have me do, father? It is not I who wanted you to do anything, but who ask you now what it is you did. <laughs> I have done nothing to give you reason to complain. Nothing at all? No. You speak in a very decided tone. It is because I am innocent. And yet Scapin has told me all about you. Scapin? Ha, ha! That name makes you change color. He has told you something about me? He has. But this is not a place to talk about the business, and we must go elsewhere to see to it. Go home at once. I will be there presently. Ah, scoundrel, if you mean to bring dishonor upon me, I will renounce you for my son, and you will have to avoid my presence for ever. Scene 4. Leandre alone. To betray me after that fashion. A rascal who for so many reasons should be the first to keep secret what I trust him with. To go and tell everything to my father. Ah! I swear by all that is dear to me not to let such villainy go unpunished. Scene 5. Octave, Leandre, Scapin. My dear Scapin, what do I not owe to you? What a wonderful man you are, and how kind of heaven to send you to my help. Ah, ah, here you are, you rascal. Sir, your servant, you do me too much honor. Leandre, drawing his sword. You are setting me at defiance, I believe. Ah, I will teach you how. Scapin, falling on his knees. Sir? Octave, stepping between them. Ah, Leandre. No, Octave, do not keep me back. Scapin to Leandre. Eh, sir? Octave, keeping back Leandre. For mercy's sake. Leandre, trying to strike. Leave me to wreck my anger upon him. In the name of our friendship, Leandre, do not strike him. What have I done to you, sir? What you have done, you scoundrel. Octave, still keeping back Leandre. Gently, gently. No, Octave, I will have him confess here, on the spot, the perfidy of which he is guilty. Yes, scoundrel, I know the trick you have played me. I have just been told of it. You did not think the secret would be revealed to me, did you? But I will have you confess it with your own lips, or I will run you through and through with my sword. Ah, oh, sir, could you really be so cruel as that? Speak, I say. I have done something against you, sir? Yes, scoundrel, and your conscience must tell you only too well what it is. I assure you that I do not know what you mean. Leandre, going towards Scapin to strike him. You do not know? Octave, 
keeping back leandre leandre well sir since you will have it i confess that i drank with some of my friends that small cask of spanish wine you received as a present some days ago and that it was i who made that opening in the cask and spilled some water on the ground around it to make you believe that all the wine had leaked out <laughs> what scoundrel it was you who drank my spanish wine and who suffered me to scold the servant so much because i thought it was she who had played me that trick yes sir i'm very sorry sir i am glad to know this but this is not what i am about now it is not that sir no it is something else for which i care much more and i will have you tell it to me i do not remember sir that i ever did anything else leandre trying to strike scapin will you speak no ah. octave keeping back leandre gently yes sir it is true that three weeks ago when you sent me in the evening to take a small watch to the gypsy girl you love and i came back my clothes spattered with mud and my face covered with blood i told you that i had been attacked by robbers who had beaten me soundly and had stolen the watch from me it is true that i told a lie it was i who kept the watch sir it was you who stole the watch yes sir in order to know the time ah you are telling me fine things i have indeed a very faithful servant but it is not this that i want to know of you it is not this no infamous wretch it is something else that i want you to confess scapin aside mercy on me speak at once i will not be put off sir i have done nothing else leandre trying to strike scapin nothing else octave stepping between them ah oh, i beg well sir you remember that ghost that six months ago cudgelled you soundly and almost made you break your neck down a cellar where you fell whilst running away well <laughs> it was i sir who was playing the ghost it was you wretch who were playing the ghost only to frighten you a little and to cure you of the habit of making us go out every night as you did i will remember in proper time and place all i have just heard but i'll have you speak about the present matter and tell me what it is you said to my father what i said to your father yes scoundrel to my father why i have not seen him since his return you have not seen him no sir is that the truth the perfect truth and he shall tell you so himself and yet it was he himself who told me <laughs> with your leave sir he did not tell you the truth scene six leandre octave carl scapin sir i bring you very bad news concerning your love affair what is it now the gypsies are on the point of carrying off zebinette 
she came herself all in tears to ask me to tell you that unless you take to them before two hours are over the money they have asked you for her she will be lost to you for ever two hours two hours scene seven leandre octave scapin ah my dear scapin i pray you to help me scapin rising and passing proudly before leandre ah my dear scapin i am my dear scapin now that i am wanted i will forgive you all that you confess just now and more also no no forgive me nothing run your sword through and through my body i should be perfectly satisfied if you were to kill me i beseech you rather to give me life by serving my love nay nay better kill me you are too dear to me for that i beg of you to make use for me of that wonderful genius of yours which can conquer everything uh, certainly not kill me i tell you ah for mercy's sake don't think of that now but try to give me the help i ask scapin you must do something to help him how can i after such an abuse i beseech you to forget my outburst of temper and to make use of your skill for me i add my entreaties to his i cannot forget such an insult you must not give way to resentment scapin could you forsake me scapin in this cruel extremity to come all of a sudden and insult me like that i was wrong i acknowledge to call me scoundrel knave infamous wretch i am really very sorry to wish to send your sword through my body i ask you to forgive me with all my heart and if you want to see me at your feet i beseech you kneeling not to give me up Scapin, you cannot resist that well get up and another time remember not to be so hasty will you try to act for me i will see but you know that time presses ah oh, don't be anxious how much is it you want five hundred crowns you two hundred pistoles i must extract this money from your respective father's pockets to octave mm, as far as yours is concerned my plan is all ready to leandre and as for yours although he is the greatest miser imaginable we shall find it easier still <laughs> for you know that he is not blessed with too much intellect and i look upon him as a man who will believe anything this cannot offend you there is not a suspicion of a resemblance between him and you and you know what the world thinks that he is your father only in name <laughs> gently scapin besides what does it matter but mr octave i see your father coming let us begin by him since he is the first to cross our path vanish both of you to octave and you please tell silvestre to come quickly and take his part in the affair scene eight 
Argante, Scapin. Scapin, aside. Here he is, turning it over in his mind. Argante, thinking himself alone. Such behavior, and such lack of consideration. To entangle himself in an engagement like that. Ah, rash youth. Your servant, sir. Good morning, Scapin. You are thinking of your son's conduct. Yes, I acknowledge that it grieves me deeply. Ah, sir, life is full of troubles, and we should always be prepared for them. I was told a long time ago the saying of an ancient philosopher, which I have never forgotten. What was it? That if the father of a family has been away from home for ever so short a time, he ought to dwell upon all the sad news that may greet him on his return. He ought to fancy his house burned down, his money stolen, his wife dead, his son married, his daughter ruined, and be very thankful for whatever falls short of all this. In my small way of philosophy, I have ever taken this lesson to heart and i never come home but i expect to have to bear with the anger of my masters their scoldings insults kicks blows and horse-whipping and i always thank my destiny for whatever i do not receive that's all very well but this rash marriage is more than i can put up with and it forces me to break off the match i had intended for my son i have come from my solicitors to see if we can cancel it well sir if you will take my advice you will look to some other way of settling this business you know what a lawsuit means in this country and you'll find yourself in the midst of a strange bush of thorns i am fully aware that you are quite right but what else can i do i think i have found something that will answer much better the sorrow that i felt for you made me rummage in my head to find some means of getting you out of trouble for i cannot bear to see kind fathers a prey to grief without feeling sad about it and besides i have at all times had the greatest regard for you i am much obliged to you then you must know that i went to the brother of the young girl whom your son has married he is one of those fire-eaters one of those men all sword thrusts who speak of nothing but fighting and to think no more of killing a man than of swallowing a glass of wine i got him to speak of this marriage i showed him how easy it would be to have it broken off because of the violence used towards your son i spoke to him of your prerogatives as father and of the weight which your rights your money and your friends would have with justice i managed him so that at last he lent a ready ear to the propositions i made to him of arranging the matter amicably for a sum of money in short he will give his consent to the marriage being cancelled provided you pay him well and how much did he ask oh at first things utterly out of the question but what things utterly extravagant but what he spoke of no less than five or six hundred pistoles five or six hundred accused to choke him withal 
does he think me a fool <laughs> just what i told him i laughed his proposal to scorn and made him understand that you were not a man to be duped in that fashion and of whom any one can ask five or six hundred pistoles however after much talking this is what we decided upon <clears throat> the time is now come he said when i must go and rejoin the army i am buying my equipments and the want of money i am in forces me to listen to what you propose i must have a horse and i cannot obtain one at all fit for the service under sixty pistoles well yes i am willing to give sixty pistoles he must have the harness and pistols and that will cost very nearly twenty pistoles more twenty and sixty make eighty exactly it's a great deal still i consent to that he must also have a horse for his servant which we may expect will cost at least thirty pistoles how the deuce let him go to jericho he shall have nothing at all sir no he's an insolent fellow would you have his servant walk let him get along as he pleases and the master too now sir really don't go and hesitate for so little don't have recourse to law i beg of you but rather give all that is asked of you and save yourself from the clutches of justice well well i will bring myself to give these thirty pistoles also i must also have he said a mule to carry let him go to the devil with his mule this is asking too much we will go before the judges i beg of you sir no i will not give in sir only one small mule no not even an ass consider no i tell you i prefer going to law oh sir what are you talking about and what a resolution you are going to take just cast a glance on the ins and outs of justice look at the number of appeals of stages of jurisdiction how many embarrassing procedures how many ravening wolves through whose claws you will have to pass sergeants solicitors counsel registrars substitutes recorders judges and their clerks there is not one of these who for the merest trifle couldn't knock over the best case in the world a sergeant will issue false writs without your knowing anything of it your solicitor will act in concert with the adversary and sell you for ready money your counsel bribed in the same way will be nowhere to be found when your case comes on or else will bring forward arguments which are the merest shooting in the air and will never come to the point the registrar will issue writs and decrees against you for contumacy the recorder's clerk will make away with some of your papers or the instructing officer himself will not say what he has seen and when by dint of the wariest possible precautions you have escaped all these traps you will be amazed that your judges have been set against you either by bigots or by the women they love ha <laughs> ha sir 
save yourself from such a hell if you can tis damnation in this world to have to go to law and the mere thought of a lawsuit is quite enough to drive me to the other end of the world how much does he want for the mule for the mule for his horse and that of his servant for the harness and pistols and to pay a little something he owes at the hotel he asks altogether two hundred pistoles sir two hundred pistoles yes argant walking about angrily no no we will go to the law recollect what you are doing i shall go to the law don't go and expose yourself to i will go to the law but to go to law you need money you must have money for the summons you must have money for the rolls for prosecution attorney's introduction solicitor's advice evidence and his stays in court you must have money for the consultations and pleadings of the counsel for the right of withdrawing the briefs and for engrossed copies of the documents you must have money for the reports of the substitutes for the court fees at the conclusion for registrar's enrolment drawing up of deeds sentences decrees rolls signings and clerk's dispatches letting alone all the presents you will have to make <laughs> give this money to the man and there you are well out of the whole thing two hundred pistoles yes and you will save by it i have made a small calculation in my head of all that justice costs and i find that by giving two hundred pistoles to your man you will have a large margin left say at least a hundred and fifty pistoles without taking into consideration the cares troubles and anxieties which you will spare yourself for were it only to avoid being before everybody the butt of some facetious counsel i had rather give three hundred pistoles than go to law i don't care for that and i challenge all the lawyers to say anything against me you will do as you please but in your place i would avoid a lawsuit i will never give two hundred pistoles ah here is our man scene nine argant scapin sylvestre dressed out as a bravo scapin show me that argant who is the father of octe what for sir i have just been told that he wants to go to law with me and to have my sister's marriage annulled i don't know if such is his intention but he won't consent to give the two hundred pistoles you asked he says it's too much death blood if i can but find him i'll make mincemeat of him were i to be broken alive on the wheel afterwards argant hides trembling behind scapin sir the father of octave is a brave man and perhaps he will not be afraid of you ah will he not s blood s death if he were here i would in a moment run my sword through his body seeing argant who is that man he's not the man sir he's not the man is he one of his friends no sir on the contrary he is his greatest enemy his greatest enemy yes ha <laughs> ha zounds i am delighted at it to argant 
you are an enemy of that scoundrel argant are you yes yes i assure you that it is so Sylvestre, shaking argant's hand roughly shake hands shake hands i give you my word i swear upon my honour and by the sword i wear by all the oaths i can take that before the day is over i shall have delivered you of that rascally knave of that scoundrel argant trust me but sir violent deeds are not allowed in this country i don't care and i have nothing to lose he will certainly take his precautions he has relations friends servants who will take his part against you blood and thunder it is all i ask all i ask drawing his sword ah's death ah's blood why can i not meet him at this very moment with all these relations and friends of his if he would only appear before me surrounded by a score of them why do they not fall upon me arms and hand standing upon his guard what you villains you dare to attack me now's death kill and slay he lunges out on all sides as if he were fighting many people at once no quarter lay on thrust firm again i and foot ah knaves ah rascals ah you shall have a taste of it i'll give you your fill come on you rabble come on that's what you want you there you shall have your fill of it i say stick to it you brutes stick to it now then parry now then you turning towards argand and scapin parry this parry you draw back stand for man's death what uh, never flinch i say sir we have nothing to do with it that will teach you to trifle with me scene ten argand scapin well sir you see how many people are killed for two hundred pistoles now i wish you a good morning argand all trembling scapin what do you say i will give the two hundred pistoles oh, i am very glad of it for your sake let us go to him i have them with me better give them to me you must not for your honour appear in this business now that you have passed for another and besides i should be afraid that he would ask you for more if he knew who you are true still i should be glad to see to whom i give my money do you mistrust me then oh no but soon sir either i am a thief or an honest man one or the other do you think i would deceive you and that in all this i have any other interest at heart than yours and that of my master whom you want to take into your family if i have not all your confidence i will have no more to do with all this and you can look out for somebody else to get you out of the mess here then no sir do not trust your money to me i would rather you trusted another with your message ah me here take it no no i tell you do not trust me who knows if i do not want to steal your money from you take it i tell you and don't force me to ask you again however mind you have an acknowledgment from him 
trust me he hasn't to do with an idiot i will go home and wait for you i shall be sure to go alone <laughs> that one's all right now for the other ah here he is they are sent one after the other to fall into my net <laughs> scene eleven geronte scapin scapin affecting not to see geronte oh heaven oh unforeseen misfortune oh unfortunate father poor geronte what will you do geronte aside what is he saying there with that doleful face can no one tell me where to find mr geronte what is the matter scapin scapin running about on the stage and still affecting not to see or hear geronte where could i meet him to tell him of this misfortune geronte stopping scapin what is the matter scapin as before in vain i run everywhere to meet him i cannot find him here i am he must have hidden himself in some place which nobody can guess ho oh, i say are you blind can't you see me ah sir it is impossible to find you i have been near you for the last half hour what is it all about sir well your son sir well my son has met with the strangest misfortune you ever heard of what is it this afternoon i found him looking very sad about something which you had said to him and in which you had very improperly mixed my name while trying to dissipate his sorrow we went and walked about in the harbour there among other things was to be seen a turkish galley a young turk with a gentlemanly look about him invited us to go in and held out his hand to us we went in he was most civil to us gave us some lunch with the most excellent fruit and the best wine you have ever seen what is there so sad about all this wait a little it is coming whilst we were eating the galley left the harbour and when in the open sea the turk made me go down into a boat and sent me to tell you that unless you sent by me five hundred crowns he would take your son prisoner to algiers what five hundred crowns yes sir and moreover he only gave me two hours to find them in ah the scoundrel of a turk to murder me in that fashion it is for you sir to see quickly about the means of saving from slavery a son whom you love so tenderly what the deuce did he want to go in that galley for he had no idea of what would happen go scapin go quickly and tell that turk that i shall send the police after him the police in the open sea <laughs> are you joking what the deuce did he want to go in that galley for 
a cruel destiny will sometimes lead people listen scapin you must act in this the part of a faithful servant uh, how sir you must go and tell that turk that he must send me back my son and that you will take his place until i have found the sum he asks ah oh, sir do you know what you are saying do you fancy that that turk will be foolish enough to receive a poor wretch like me in your son's stead what the deuce did he want to go in that galley for he could not foresee his misfortune however sir remember that he has given me only two hours you say that he asks five hundred crowns five hundred crowns has he no conscience <laughs> conscience in a turk does he understand what five hundred crowns are yes sir he knows that five hundred crowns are one thousand five hundred francs does the scoundrel think that one thousand five hundred francs are to be found in the gutter <laughs> such people will never listen to reason but what the deuce did he want to go in that galley for oh what a waste of words leave the galley alone remember that time presses and that you are running the risk of losing your son for ever alas my poor master perhaps i shall never see you again and that at this very moment whilst i am speaking to you they are taking you away to make a slave of you in algiers <laughs> but heaven is my witness that i did all i could and that if you are not brought back it is all owing to the want of love of your father wait a minute scapin i will go and fetch that sum of money be quick then for i am afraid of not being in time you said four hundred crowns did you not no five hundred crowns five hundred crowns yes what the deuce did he want to go in that galley for quite right but be quick could he not have chosen another walk it is true but act promptly cursed galley scapin aside oh, that galley sticks in his throat here scapin i had forgotten that i have just received the sum in gold and i had no idea it would so soon be wrenched from me taking his purse out of his pocket and making as if he were giving it to scapin but mind you tell the turk that he's a scoundrel scapin holding out his hand yes geronte as above an infamous wretch scapin still holding out his hand yes geronte as above a man without conscience a thief leave that to me geronte as above that all right geronte as above and that if ever i catch him he will pay for it yes 
Geronte putting back the purse in his pocket. Go, go quickly and fetch my son. Scapin running after him. Hello, sir. Well? And the money? Did I not give it to you? No, indeed. You put it back in your pocket. Ha! It is grief that troubles my mind. So I see. What the deuce did he want to go in that galley for? Ah, cursed galley! Scoundrel of a Turk! May the devil take you! Scapin, alone. <sighs> he can't get over the five hundred crowns I wrench from him, but he has not yet done with me and i will make him pay in a different money his imposture about me to his son scene twelve octave leandre scapin well scapin have your plans been successful have you done anything towards alleviating my sorrow scapin to octave here are two hundred pistoles i have got from your father oh how happy you make me Scapin to Leandre. But I could do nothing for you. Leandre going away. Then I must die, sir, for I could not live without Zerbinet. Hello! Stop! Stop! My goodness, how quick you are! What can become of me? There, there. I have all you want. Ah, you bring me back to life again but i give it you only on one condition which is that you will allow me to revenge myself a little on your father for the trick he has played me you may do as you please you promise it to me before witnesses yes there take these five hundred crowns ah oh, i will go at once and buy her whom i adore end of act two